Oh my god. How are you guys doing? Hello, this is William. This is Bill's Poetique coming back for the first episode in a long time. I'm going to display and present my passion for poetry. I'm just going to do that. I don't know who's going to listen. Oh, I've got a cricket on my bookcase. I live in Mexico now. From uh, It's different from where I used to live. Most people call where I used to live Los Angeles, the Spanish name, uh, Spanish conquistador name for the place. I like to call it Otsunya, the place of the roses, uh, the native name for that area. Uh, while I'm on the subject, well, I even wrote a poem today about Wingandokoa, which a lot of people these days, they just go by the conquering name. Uh, Virginia in the eastern uh, part of that land uh, coined America uh, by a map maker who coined America after Amerigo Vespucci, um, you know, sort of a Latinized feminine version of Amerigo is America. Um, I accept America quite often in in talking about regions. I don't know of a native name, indigenous name for that whole area. Um, so sometimes when I'm down here, I refer to it as El Norte, the North. Um, I don't get specific. I think nationalities and... Um, just that nationalities, ethnicities, races, they get in the way quite often of spiritual living, uh, I, I, I think. Uh, being the best person people were capable of becoming, colorblindness and uh, border blindness and is, I think, useful. Just humanity should win, probably. Um, so... Poetry, I've got a few poems possibly to share with you today. Uh, let's see, does this thing record when I go to other places on my cell phone? Let's see, yeah, I think so. It better because I have stuff to share on my, from my website. I could crack over my computer, wouldn't that be nice? So I don't have to be concerned about doing everything on the same device. So I wrote three poems and published three poems today on my website, travelingpoet.net. <laughs> busy, busy, writing a book down here about white people stealing Native American land, my descendants included, and especially my descendants. I have... Um, I've claimed to have found three three family memoirs in my attic and uh, presenting those. It's a claim. You can dispute the claim. But uh, there you go. Oh, I was just checking an email from mom. How you doing? So anyways, Winganda Koa, I wrote. I wrote a poem called All Better about positivism and Christian science and spirituality eliminating disease, just positive thinking, perspective. 
and belief overcoming uh, the negativity of getting trapped into thinking something's wrong with you. I wonder if it's still recording. I hope so. <laughs> All right. All better. Let's see. New tab. Let me get, there was a third poem I wrote. Oh, it's a bilingual poem. That's right. Hey, man. Um, excuse me. Bilingual poem about this region where I live now, should I say? I, I don't know if CIA maybe wants to kill me still. I used to write a lot of articles right at them. But uh, truth will set everybody free, even those working for an institution that looks shady and seems to have murdered a few people, John F. Kennedy and John Lennon and um, Robert Kennedy, Martin Luther King. Agencies don't kill anyone. Human beings do in this case. Well, hurricanes do and earthquakes. Sorry, a lot of things kill. But uh, but generally speaking, there are bad principles leading that institution. Espionage is dishonesty. Therefore, you look at its ethics. What is at the core of this, quote, concept of intelligence, quote unquote, it's war. It comes from murder and killing and trying to win a violent conflict. Uh, espionage has been around a long time. doesn't make it good. Um, Sidetrack and CIA. So should I tell, tell everybody where I am? <laughs> oh, I love the CIA. When I contact, I used to contact them when I, I still believed in the United States government. I don't believe in the United States government anymore. It's founded in racist violence and uh, murder, lies, and, and land theft. Uh, essentially, it was stolen land um, from the beginning. The government's a British experiment that started in the 1580s with efforts to mm, check out, observe, report, and even colonize the land that was called Wingandakoa by some accounts. It's, that's my favorite name for it from the native uh, people there. And of course, vainly, the British just usurped. Um, they, usurpation goes in two different directions. John Locke, uh, Sir John Locke talked about both. You, often the conquering that happened along with discovery, quote unquote, and colonizing, it involved two types of usurpation, usurping. One was usurping Christ and the Bible for land theft and, and conquering, just usurping the name of God. I don't want to like to say that in vain, G-O-D, Christ, I'll say, usurping those names and usurping the Bible uh, for a, a shady cause, violence, and land theft. The second usurping was just the land, right? Stealing, usurping, just literally taking the land that was there by force. And uh, the justification being from the Spanish, at least Spanish crown and the English crown um, that I've studied deeply. And other, other countries wanted to um, 
grab land and riches for their crowns too and their countries too but i've studied spanish and the spanish and the english crowns who put an order out to their adventurers to anyone who wanted to enrich the crowns by taking any land observing any land checking out any land not uh, belonging to a Christian prince is the way that Queen Elizabeth put it. Any land not belonging to a Christian prince, Christian ownership, quote-unquote, was fair game to take. It's racist. It's religionist. It's pompous. It's vain. Uh, it's a skewed view of things. Uh, and is that, is that a surprise? These are people who thought often that they were divinely uh, planted to rule that they were half divine, half human, just by quote being kings and queens and being in some kind of a bloodline. Um, pretty confused and weird. Uh, in the intro, just with the old classic um, from Jesus, the teacher uh, Jesus of Nazareth, who um, pointed out. Um, whoops, just lost a train of thought there. Oh, that wide is the path to destruction, and many are on it. I, I think it holds true. Narrow is the path to heaven and to doing good, and very few people are on that. And kick it back over to Lao Tzu, an old favorite of mine, these, that combination of Lao Tzu and, and Jesus. Lao Tzu from uh, Lao Tzu, they say in China, uh, from 600 years before Christ. You want to change the world? It cannot be done. And then we kick it over to Charles Dickens, who's Mrs. Chick from Dombey and Son. Dombey and Son, about Dombey and Daughter, really. Great book. Um, Mrs. Chick, therein, I believe, spoke for Charles Dickens himself, quite, quite frankly, who said, uh, if any misanthrope were to ask me what, uh, what life is about, more or less, I'm paraphrasing, I would, I would tell that person to make an effort. It's all about making an effort. So we can't change the world, but we can make an effort. We can try. Um, what's that? What else? Everything else, it's, it's, they're in my books. You have to go buy them right now. Uh, I was going to start interviewing other poets and having other poets jump, jump in. But around that time, I had one lined up. Um, nice Irish um, woman poet was going to join me which was really nice extremely nice and we kind of made a date for that and my health just fell apart I my neck was injured in fact yeah so I hope it doesn't happen again but um, there you go so the other <clears throat> excuse me the third poem I wrote today or was it the first but anyways one of three it's called The Red Rose of Celaya. It's a um, bilingual poem, Spanish and in English, about my experiences from 1995 till present in the state of Guanajuato, Mexico, a place called San Miguel de Allende. Hi, CIA. Here's, that's kind of where I am. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I love these people. When I, I didn't finish the statement, when I used to contact you know, uh, Central Intelligence Agency sometimes about various things, 
when I that's when I used to believe in the United States government and I was trying to help um, I don't anymore it's um, it's just again it's it's a um, British experiment on top of stolen land it's just land theft um, stolen it's a armed theft of land that started in the 1580s 1607 there was a big uh, quote successful colony quote unquote um, quote unquote big quotes because it's just it's a it was a period of taking and stealing and war uh, heavy war warfare really from 1580s first native chief was murdered was killed by British um, in 1585 and it just kept going and it was major conflict right there in the east which became these quote 13 colonies um, till 1676 it's all in my book that I'm writing right now but I can drop facts I love to drop facts anytime anywhere um, just stuff I've researched 1676 the first Thanksgiving procl proclamation was made in, in writing a document you can look it up 1676 I believe it was in June um, around June 20 or so 1676 thanking the Lord God for peace for the destruction of the native people for a disease that has wiped out many of them for for peace for their colonies so we replaced people we genocided people and now here we are and a hundred years later the British kicked homeland British out and called it a country called it a nation on top of Native American blood and removal um, I don't believe in that some 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 love war, I guess, and, and survival of the fittest, Dar social Darwinism. Screw them. If you're tougher and stronger and you have the bigger weapons and guns, I think it's a perverse view. I think the biggest, loudest weapons is just a curse. It's a curse on those who use them. You know, it's, it's not that... It's not that the Native American people or spirit were fully hurt as much as the British and we were, white people, European people. We hurt ourselves because we didn't listen to the Native American message, their spirituality, without a book, without writing, just loving the great spirit, loving being a one with nature, being in that cycle of life. It's just, it's it's a... It's a perfection, of, uh, and we were skewed, and Europeans uh, were infected with an insanity called civilization and an addiction to it and sort of a addiction to whatever it is that was comfortable for us. We all, I guess we all fight for that, what's comfortable for us, our way of life. It's a way of life thing, and you fight for it. But there's perversion. There seeps through the cracks. Just when someone, and I hear it all the, all the time when I'm talking about the theme of my writing, I hear this, well, that happens everywhere, and that's just the way things are, and you can't change it, and it was too long ago. I hear these things all the time. But they're talking to an alcoholic who believes in the 12 steps of AA and how much that can help. Look how I know that looking back and making amends for things we have done that are wrong 
helps. It helps us. It helps me to have peace of mind today to mend something I screwed up or we screwed up on in the past. All right, it's poem time. So, Wingandakoa was the first poem I wrote this morning. Then I'll go to some uh, other poets I've been reading. And someday I might interview someone, have someone on, or someone could jump in and call. And, and we do that. La Puerta. That's a Spanish poem. Let's see. Um, huh. All right. Oh, well. I was going to my website. Let's just go to Microsoft Word. Dude, I'm totally plugging. It's this, um, there's this program, and it's an app called Microsoft Word. It's re- you guys should try. If you're a writer, it's just a joke. I was just messing around. Um, Winganda Koa. First poem I wrote. I don't know why it took me this long to write about this. It's off of a, one of my early Native Americanist poems. It was called Godless. Godless, we named it Jamestown. So this is kind of like part two of that. Winganda Koa. <clears throat> there was a name for a place. It was named how it was named for a reason. Thousands of years of tradition, story, repetition, and heritage made that place special. Its people, living, dying, circling the earth in spirit and land, gratitude for the water, the food, the abundance and song. Then came the British white man, who was vain and violent enough to change the name of the place at a glance because its inhabitants were not Christian, Bible-toting, or advanced, in quotes, enough in war, parentheses, sorry, in war, cowards, how to read this, it has parentheses in it, they were not advanced enough in war, cowards, to carry and use loud, destructive firearms, the kind that still kill in malls, churches, streets, and schools today. The British white man called this land Virginia, in quotes, after their virgin queen Elizabeth. Vanity, violence, usurpation. To first usurp the Bible and Christ for violent land acquisition. Then to, sorry, then to usurp the land itself. Winganda Koa lives and breathes, is the place I cherish and maintain in my heart one of abundance, native beauty, and tradition. No Roman-influenced conquest by a people bedeviled by war and violent competition with other European nations can change the essence of a place unless one yields to untruth. I do not and call the land where John Smith landed Wingandakoa. So, that was poem number one and a big introduction. Nice to, nice to be back trying to do a podcast here. My health coming back around and uh, sort of thought this would be fun. So let's see. I wrote a bilingual poem 
today I didn't know with where it would be one language bilingual before I wrote it and it was, you know you just write those who write you know what, what we're doing and <laughs> the topic of the poem well writing is is all over this poem it's called the red rose of Celaya about a place in Mexico in Guanajuato Mexico called Celaya where I went to a bullfight where a female bullfighter fought years ago, uh, almost 25 years ago, 24 years ago, really. Um, her name, Cristina Sanchez, and that's what the poem's about. And uh, back then in 95 is when I started writing inspired poetry. I've told the story before that I prayed for poetry to come into my life in a pension on Calle San Francisco and San Miguel de Allende, Guanajuato, Mexico, magical place. Um, up about a mile up in the mountains and beautiful, old. Um, and a couple weeks after that, those prayers, I, I got poetry from my dreams in Spanish and in English, every other line. I had got an answer. Um, so I probably should be doing a podcast, shouldn't I? It's called... It's kind of like with knowledge is, respons is responsibility, right? If you have something, give it. I think I, I don't think I know I got something from beyond me. So <laughs> anyways, this one's called the Red Rose of Celaya. It's got some Spanish in it. I'll translate afterwards. Anthony was our leader other friends. We set out on foot and by bus to Celaya from San Miguel de Allende, the year 1995. Excuse me, what's that? The year 1995, the quest to watch a female bullfighter fight. Cristina Sanchez, Torrera Española, beautiful, strong, and proud, graceful too, a showwoman, showing up the men and bulls alike, her signature move to tire the bull in a dance of deception, then go to her knees while ripping open, open her vest to show the bull world that she was a woman. A woman in the man's domain, crossing over to show it could be done. I threw three red roses into the ring that day. The last one, my friend Mike, helped as Sancho Panza did assist Don Quixote so, so dutifully. We placed a simple business card of mine that had my name, phone, number, and address on it through the bottom of the rose, poking a hole. We jimmied the card up the stem, and I threw the rose into the ring. Christina had picked up the other two roses, fine. With this third and final rose, she bent, noticed the rose and myself, the thrower, still standing near ring's edge, and she did look at me and smell the rose. Her eyes smiled, and we parted ways. She never called, but the spirit knows what happened that day. And Michael and Anthony, who just watched two crazy romantic young men act romantically, and shook his head. His eyes did smile, too. We brought love and joy to San Miguel and to Celaya that day. Que viva México, donde vive fuerte, 
que sé es adentro de mi corazón, todavía aquí palpitando, esperando su llamada, mientras bailo en el jardín con los mariachis de Bonito Tecalitlán. Guardo mis 200 pesos y preparo mi próxima rosa. ¡Guadalajara! ¡Por favor, capitán! ¡Tengo 50 pesos! ¡Vamos a tocar para Dios sí mismo! Pero no. Necesitan dinero los músicos para vivir. Entonces, paso mi gorra allí al público y voy a ganar 200. ¡Sí! ¡Guadalajara tocamos! Y la negra ya sigue. Que viva México hoy y para siempre. Viva en este mi sueño, mi poema, mi rosa de hoy. Es lo que recuerdo cuando recuerdo a Cristina, Cristina Sánchez, torera española, la rosa roja de Celaya. Oh boy. Hey, so make another segment. Hey, and I, I guess I went with Spanish there. I, I didn't yet translate it, but you'll be okay. It was fun. I think it goes better without saying, and I enjoy the Spanish language, and I, I enjoyed it even before I understood it very much. I'm going to move on. I just don't feel like talking about that poem anymore. Let's move on. It's good times. <laughs> I'm going to read my third poem called All Better that I wrote this afternoon, my last third of three. It, it seems a necessary topic quite often for me, being on different sides of health. Every once in a while having such doubt and self-doubt from going way back to a depression that came from alcoholism, starting drinking at five years old on dad's lap and drinking with friends by 12, blacking out by 13, probably peaked at 16, um, was burned out by 17, and but didn't know what else to do, so I kept doing it every once in a while. It's just a hole trying to, that, that needed to be filled. Uh, sometimes now, getting into Native American culture, as I have for the last several years, and writing in the themes that I'm writing and studying about what I'm studying and feeling the feelings I feel about stealing land, uh, white people stealing land and having slaves work it and promising to pay and not paying and and then just, just continuing to just throw down a, a racist, violent, dishonest approach to life or to try to try to gain things uh, through through immoral means like that. Um, I see now more and more the karma of what's happened to me uh, with alcoholism, drug addiction, and or drug overdoses that I faced and my injuries from that. Um, I can't eat food past and don't eat food past 2 p.m., um, just water only after 2 p.m. And that's just because I hurt myself with overdoses and I can't digest food and sleep at the same time. It's just an injury a war injury, really, alcohol wars, and where did they come from? Well, they came from the same perversion and insanity that we brought 
Europeans brought from from my heritage, Scandinavian, English, Italian, we brought over. Um, as the chief said, I might take a moment to figure out which chief said this. I'm now going to go to my new little library I've created here in my Mexican casita in the mountains where I'm living right now. Look for my Native American wisdom book, Kent Nurburn put together. It's such a great book. It's kind of almost my Bible of Native American concepts, philosophies. The true Tao can never be written or said. The truth can never be written or said. The essence loses as soon as we try to put words on things. However, we all try, don't we? And that's that's my most recurrent theme in writing is uh, the powerlessness we all face to really do anything great or perfect. But okay, let's admit that and go for it anyways. That's a theme I like. Anyways, I've got the wisdom of Native Americans out by Kent Nurburn, or edited by Kent Nurburn. Let's see how good I am. I'm not good, only God's good, said Jesus of Nazareth. But um, a chief, and it's in this book, said beautifully... Um, I'm going to research it between segments. I don't want to put you through my flipping through pages. Am I? No. Anyways, I'm going to say the name of the chief. I think it's Chief Seattle. That's going to be my guess. He's an awesome chief. Rest in peace and, and still with us in spirit and in writing. He's a prolific writer. Some of these chiefs just had no written tradition in their past, and they just up and and defeat so many white and or European, European well-read or intellectual, you know, John Stuart Mill, Western educated liberal arts, white people just kind of pale compared to some of the writings I've seen from native Americans who picked up writing, picked up English, you know, as a second language type of thing. And they just rule it. But that's just side point. This chief, I believe it was Seattle, said, it's, I, can I paraphrase? He, I, it's confusing or it's hard for me to understand. And I, Basically, I don't get how the white man can leave the grave of his father and the graves of their father's and why, how they were able to do that and then come over here over an ocean and steal our land. That was, that was perplexing. You know, how does that happen? Um, let's see, just... Let me just see if I can go to this page. Yeah, between... Uh, uh, my guess is that's Chief Seattle between segments okay I made that promise between segments I'll look it up I'm not gonna flip through the page now but anyways back to all better my poem last one of three about health certainly positivism Christian science positive thinking overcoming doubts 
I've had my share. I've, I'm Christian scientist in my health views. I'm a faith healing person. I, I believe in faith healing, that a higher power is the great doctor and uh, walks in nature, defeat any, anything we can pay and see other people for in an office. Anyways, let's let the poem speak here. It's not very long. It's called, again, All Better, posted on my website, travelingpoet.net. And now I need a sip of agua, some water, sober, 17 years. I don't drink flammable liquid anymore. Um, Anyhow, all better. In the Mary Baker Eddy spirit, founder of Christian Science, I'm going to say. In the Mary Baker Eddy, Eddy spirit, rising in lines, hopefully, as an Ella Wheeler Wilcox sonnet. She was a positivist poet, turn of the century, 1900. I have overcome all illness. God is here, and for you too. We are all better, no complaints. If we pause and doubt, cringe and dip low in thoughts, we indeed worship pain, not joy. We hoist cancer, quote unquote, up. Some ailment we raise until it becomes a king or becomes king, excuse me. Abolish that horrid monarch now. Force abdication by your positivity. The way you think is by God known. So build today then, strong and sure, with Longfellow's firm and ample base. I'm quoting The Builders by Longfellow. Might do that poem later. With Longfellow's firm and ample base. So build today. Sir, I'll go back. So build today then, strong and sure, with Longfellow's firm and ample base. Ponder not because you cannot see higher power that it fails or that some form of loving God does not exist. It's in us, our healthy, loving thoughts. So be with me, pure in thought today. Skip rooms and offices to drop our hundreds on white coats and insurance gambles and gambits. Walk the trail. Believe. So those were my three poems of the day. Very fun to be in the area where I started writing inspired poetry 24 years ago. I just emailed Sarah Tolchin. I hope I don't. I hope I say her name the way she would like, but I'll try to find out. I I really uh, am going to attempt to get Sarah on. She's the poet I mentioned before, earlier in the show that I, I had worked out a date to have an interview with her talk poetry with her I'm more and more excited the more I talk about it right now I think it would be so much fun because she's awesome it and I was about to say Italian (laughs) this too but um Irish poets you don't want to generalize too much but are awesome I mean like the top ones that I've read are awesome like you could pick one at random 
and they flow and sing song and and so beautifully it's just something in the blood and in the fields in the the green of the valleys and the the coastlines of Ireland it's in the song it's in the way that they speak and it's up and down and it's like this and it's so beautiful that's not my full Irish accent but it's so pretty and it's just it just just want I just wanted to get <laughs> get one of those on my show man instead of my drawling no my grandfather drawled he was a southern drawler i'm looking at his face right now um he i by far didn't uh, never met my grandfather my father's father died in 1944 he passed on i mean that's near 30 years before i was alive i see a picture now he was beloved by my my family my dad and his six siblings they loved him he was a sweetheart um they called him posy and uh, was a drawler he, he had a southern drawl to him and um, rode a horse it was you know a uh, horseback rider and in the day alhambra san gabriel area so in in southern california i'm naming names that native people had different names for them i mean it's it's amazing we just accept the conquering names the spanish or the english names for places that have indigenous had indigenous names until we kicked them out sad anyways i don't want to over harp on the theme but that's what i'm writing a book about right now and anywho so i look forward to seeing sarah excuse me having sarah maybe on this show bill's poetique and get an irish poet then i'm going to get another then another. <laughs> but um she's she's really cool i saw her for her excuse me her work first on a contemporary irish women poets book i believe and i don't know if it made i don't think that made the trip with me to mexico i have sort of about a quarter of my library with me at most so didn't bring a lot um, enough books to probably cover that but anywho i've just put in an email to sarah gonna try to get her uh to tag to throw into this show probably not maybe for the next show and maybe next week next saturday um so that was sort of it i mentioned the builders by longfellow i think i've just got to go ahead and try to read that for you guys right now um i could go online and read it off the computer or i have this book um if I want to skip right to the builders, why don't I just type in the builders into my Google Chrome? Ooh, I plugged. See, there's this. Um, so that's a web. It's called a web browser. Ah, I'm, I'm making another joke. Um, it's called the World Wide Web. Um, anywho, um, the builders is a favorite. Should come right up there. Oh. There it is. So from the website hwlongfellow.org. Huh, a Maine Historical Society website. Cool. Um, the Builders, but what that's why am I giving them credit? So the guy's name is Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. 
one of my favorites, one of my three all-time favorites. They're men. I'm a dude, and I like dude poets probably more slightly. I have three favorites that are men, but I, but the ladies crush me sometimes. I had a full show on ladies on my second show, I think, ever. I mean, um, my first guest will hopefully be a lady, Sarah Tolchin. Um, so they, they, they blow me away when I least expect it. But kind of a spine and a core to inspire me have been, um, it's kind of, it won't surprise anyone. It's William Shakespeare, uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, and Robert Frost. I mean, it's kind of, they're so famous. It's kind of, I wish I could be more unique there, but those are, that's the three that I have framed and kind of on my wall, literally and figuratively. I came across The Builders by Longfellow in a comp- compilation book I no longer have, but whatever. Um, and it was the it led this compilation um, book. It was the first poem up, and it blew me away. Circa 1998 or so, uh, I, re- I vaguely remember seeing um, Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, was it, who else was in that? Was it Claire Danes? I don't know. Anywho, um, around that time and like reading this poem at midnight under the, in, in moonlight, I, I, something awesome like that. But enjoy this. And I have, uh, ha- I have this memorized to about 90%, <laughs> but I don't hold myself to it. So I'm just going to make sure I put it in front of me. The Builders by Henry, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. All our architect. <laughs> such a dumb. I'm gonna do the. I'm gonna memor- I'm gonna just recite it. It's more fun. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna recite what I know. I should have ended this podcast years ago. Anywho, all our architects of fate, working in these walls of time, some with massive deeds and great, some with ornaments of rhyme. Nothing useless is or low. Each thing in its place is best. And what seems but idle show strengthens and supports the rest. For the structure that we raise, time is with materials filled. Our todays and yesterdays are the blocks with which we build. Truly shape and fashion these, leave no yawning gaps between. Think not because no man sees, such things will remain unseen. In the elder days of art, builders wrought with greatest care each minute and unseen part, for the gods see everywhere. Let us do our work as well, both the unseen and the seen. Make the house where gods may dwell beautiful, entire, and clean. Else our lives are incomplete, standing in these walls of time, broken stairways where the feet stumble as they seek to climb. Build today, then, strong and sure, with a firm and ample base, and ascending and secure shall tomorrow find its, pl- find its place. Thus alone can we attain to those turrets, where the eye sees the world as one vast plain and one boundless reach of sky. That was rude. Something I interrupted. Maybe my mouth hit the X button that says stop the recording. Anywho, so... I'm going to read Ella Wheeler Wilcox. I love Ella Wheeler Wilcox. 
I need, I, there's, I, I want to live a long time. I'm 47 years old. I think I want to live a, a long time, if for no other reason, <laughs> to read every Ella Wheeler Wilcox poem. And, and just, just to know this, this m massive body of work, it's just, just prolific as can be endless books. You can get original uh, first editions everywhere. Even they're affordable. You can buy 10, $20 gets you a card back from 1899 or 1901. Ella Wheeler. That's what I have in my hand right now. They're just it's so cool. Both being linked to a time long ago um, and just anyways I collect hardback books nothing too expensive but stuff like this and just I cherish this stuff and moments to really honor our past no no one's perfect and these people aren't perfect but it, these people symbolize if nothing else for me an effort ever these people are making an effort to make an impact Longfellow and w Wilcox Man, I'm nervous now. I keep thinking this thing's going to stop recording. Sorry to get upset. This keeps quitting on me. It's some sort of a setting. It's, it's like stopping by itself when I move my hand over the phone. <laughs> Gosh. Ella Wheeler Wilcox. The poem is called Threefold. It's about love, and I hope you like it. Our love wakes with the morning, unafraid, to meet the little worries of the day. And if a haggard dawn, dull-eyed and gray, peers in upon us through the window shade, full soon love's finger, rosy-tipped, is laid upon its brow, and gloom departs straightway. All outer darkness melts before that ray of inner light, Whereof our love is made, each pretty, sorry, each petty trouble and each pygmy care and those gaunt visaged duties which so fill life's path by day do borrow of love's grace, though he be dear away and debonair in the bright morning, best he proves his skill, lending his luster to the commonplace. Love is a male, is a he. Hmm. Our love looks boldly in the moon's bold eyes. He has no thing to hide, no thing to fear. Huh. Love is a man. And if the world stands far or hurdles near, he walks away, always, serene, without disguise, naked and not ashamed beneath the skies. He does not need dark backgrounds to appear radiant, for even, the, even through the broad day's clear effulgence, his, super, sorry, his supernal, like supernatural, supernal beauties rise. Oh, there be loves that hide till day is done. Nocturnal loves, like silent birds of prey, Secretive loves that do not dare rejoice. Ours is an eagle that can face the sun. A wholesome love that glories in the day and finds a rapture in its own glad voice. 
our love augments in beauty when the night shuts in our world between four sheltering walls, fair as the day, and yet its splendor palls. Dear are the shadows that obscure the light, and dear the stars that tiptoe into sight, and when the curtain of deep darkness falls, then heart to heart in clearer accent calls, and the whole universe is love's by right. There is no vexing world to interfere, no sorrow save the all-too-rapid flow of time's swift river sweeping on and on. We, too, are masters of this silent sphere. Love is the only duty that we know, our only fear, the menace of the dawn. And we're back. So, uh, it was Chief Seattle that I think had that quote, basically. I paraphrased and kind of thought of it in a different way over the years. You know, you change things in your head. You think things were one way. But anyways, it's kind of like that. His quote as uh, quoted uh, in the Kent Nurburn book, The Wisdom of the Native Americans. I recommend everybody purchase this book, get it, read it. Uh, very cheap and great. Um, poor but honest, right? Chief Seattle said, We know that the white man does not understand our ways, our ways, excuse me. One portion of the land is the same to him as the next, for he is a stranger who comes in the night and takes from the land whatever he needs. The earth is not his brother, but his enemy. And when he has conquered it, he moves on. He leaves his father's graves and his children's birthright is forgotten. It's a really good book. Go get it. All kinds of good stuff in that. Uh, piece of levity I wrote, I read today from John Ferguson, Scottish poet. Just a book from a long time ago. When was he writing? I want to say the 1940s, but I could be totally wrong. Like, totally. Anyways, John Ferguson wrote a small, uh, short poem called The Optimist. For miles around the parish steeple, the curate, he goes in and out, and up and down and round about, the house of the working people. He listens to their newest bickers, smiles wanely to the merry fire, and hopes they'll come to hear the vicar's impromptu thoughts on Jeremiah. I thought it was kind of funny. What people want, what people get. He wants to go out. They want. He wants someone to ask about the challenges of the Bible, and so he could really expound his views. But everyone wants to bicker and mess around, and he has to deal with that. Uh, there's a couple poems in Spanish I like today. I don't, you know, I'm 80% understanding what I read in Spanish and what I hear in Spanish. And that's where my fluency is. It's not 100%, but I enjoy it. And uh, so I'm just going to put that out there as well um, before I get to a couple more Longfellow and close it out.
because why wouldn't I? This one's called Amor by Mexican poet Salvador Rocha Diaz from a book I bought in town where I'm staying called Desde Aquel Rincón Oscuro Poesías. I like the title. It's pretty cool. It mean that means um, from from that dark corner. Poetry, poesias, poems, poesias. <laughs> it's cool. It's in your face. He wrote a poem called Amor. Did Salvador? It goes like this: El amor es emoción. Love is emotion. Y no quiere de razones. It doesn't, it got no time for reason. It's emotion. Es el don dado de gratis, sin pedir compensación. It's the don. Don is like a señor, I think. Es el don dado de, de gratis. It's free. And it doesn't ask anything back in, in return for it. Es generosidad sincera. It's generosity, sincerity, or sincerely. It's really ticking me off. I just got interrupted again by this anchor uh, podcast thing. There's obviously a setting that during my recording, if I wave my hand a certain way over my phone, I guess it's either a phone setting or an anchor setting. <sighs> I probably should have gotten on that before I started again. I'm going to try to finish this poem. <laughs> sin pensar y sin dudar. This is amor. Without thinking, without doubting. Es lluvia que baña el alma. It's rain that cleans the soul. Right? Que baña el alma, I hope. En una tarde estival. Estival. Est, est, I don't know what that means. Oh, next podcast, I'll tell you what it means. Deja, deja ya la inteligencia para otros menesteres. It, it leaves intelligence for other people. Y recuesta tu rostro bello y abandónate, abandónate. En mi amor. Ooh, he flips it. Now he's talking directly. He wants love. All right. Y requesta. It requests your beautiful face. Rostro bello. Y abandonate. 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 En mi amor. So it asks just that, you know, I'm going to request your beautiful face. Abandonate. And to that you, it, it all is abandoned to my love. Pretty cool. I enjoy it. I'm really psyched. I bought this book in town and I'll go through it and translate better as I go. Should I translate? Maybe next segment I'll go into that translation because I didn't know a couple words. I can work on that. While we're in Spanish, I'll just try this. It's like as much for me as for you. I read this today from a book I bought in Querétaro, Mexico, Mexico, about a year ago, in a bus station. Just books were there, and I bought this hardback, and I put a protective plastic on it, and it's really cool. Big book, illustrated poetry and philosophy by uh, 
Ricardo Garcia O. It's called Es Tiempo de Cambiar. It's Time to Change. Really a lot of heart in this book. And I uh, just picked it up. This, this poem's called Espacio. It's got a picture of a butterfly. Que grande... Whoop, I need light. Que grande parece ser el espacio sideral y cuán... I have no idea. Hold on, hold on. Pequeños los linderos de lo etern eterno. I'm just going to move through. Reflejan las verdades y mentiras de lo efímero. Ephemeral. Um, okay. Verdades y mentiras. Truth and lies. Que grande parece ser el espacio. How big it seems. El, the space. Sideral. Sideral. I don't know what sideral means. Sideral, sideral. Y cuan, cuan is short for cuando, I think. Y cuan pequeños los linderos de lo Lindero, I should know because it's simple, but I don't know right now. I'm going to keep reading because there's cool parts that I do understand. ¿Quién podría con certeza negar que el presente no es un sueño? Who can, who can say, basically, that the present moment isn't a dream? Y que así lo fue el pasado. It already was. Y se vivirá en el futuro. That we already lived the future and the past. I don't know what it is. ¿Quién podría con certeza real negar que los linderos eternos y los espacios siderales no son, son solo el reflejo del sueño que por demás, demás es efímero y sin embargo soñado? It could all be a dream, man. ¿Quién con certeza podría negar que tú, que yo, que ese niño, la flotante mariposa, ese perro o ese arbusto, no somos los soñadores? Soñadores sin principio. Soñadores sin final. It's really pretty. I want to go back and learn some words. And I want to do that for the next episode. Linderos, I should know. I want to know. Ephemeral, I think, is ephemeral. Um, you, you've got, he's saying everything could be a dream. All the dreamers all around us. The butterfly, the, the boy, you, me, could all be the dreamers. Who's to say? Dreamers without beginning, without end. It's cool, and there's some parts I, parts I don't know. Sideral, I don't know what that mean, that word means. Watch this. Let's see what happens. Okay, Google. Define in Spanish sideral. In Spanish, you would say aceite de cedro. No. Um, translate to English the word sideral. Oh, okay, Google. Translate the word sideral to English. Sorry, I don't understand. <laughs> Neither do I. Um, okay, Google. Can you translate words from Spanish to English? 
Okay, there are a couple ways I can help you translate. For example, you can say, be my Spanish interpreter, or how do you say, good morning, in Swedish. Okay, Google, can you be my Spanish interpreter? Okay, I'll be your interpreter. When you hear this sound, it means I'm listening. Let's get started. Sideral. Aceite de cedro. That was not helpful. Ah, oh, she's she's starting to translate my words. This could get annoying real fast. Okay, Google. Rapido. Okay, Google. Stop. Sure, I'll stop translating. Whew, that was scary. Okay, Google. Can you translate words from Spanish to English? Okay, there are a couple ways I can help you translate. For example, you can say, be my Spanish interpreter, or how do you say, good morning, in Swedish. Okay, Google. How do you say, sideral, in English? Sorry, I don't understand. Okay, Google. ¿Cómo se dice sideral en inglés? ¿Cómo se dice acedete? It's Portuguese for how do you do that. <laughs> okay, Google. Oi, tudo bem? Sorry, I can't send messages yet. He's <laughs> trying to speak Portuguese with her. One more. Okay, Google. ¿Cómo estás? Como estas means how are you in Spanish? Oh, that was pretty boring. Okay. Anyways, that was fun. Um, ¿Cómo se dice linderos en inglés? Oh, okay, Google. ¿Cómo se dice linderos en inglés? ¿Cómo se dice linderos? In Spanish for as you want to boundaries. Boundaries, linderos, boundaries. Good word. Isn't that a good word for a poem about espacio, space? I love it. So let's see. Que grande parece ser el espacio sideral y cuan pequeños los linderos de lo, the boundaries of eternity, de lo eterno. Hmm. That's cool. All right, let's move on. More later or another podcast on that. Um, did I get through all of that? Psalm of Life. Can I coach with Longfellow to end here? A Psalm of Life followed by... They're back-to-back -back in this book I, ha I have. Um, the Light of Stars. I don't know that second poem as well, but I know I like it. Psalm of Life, I, I've memorized most of it. Just like The Builders, a couple other poems by Longfellow. I don't recite fully those. I just do two Shakespeare sonnets and a long and a Robert Frost when I recite. But anywho, a sum of life. It's life coach time. You ready? It's upbeat. I mean, it. All right. Oh wow! I don't want to wake the neighbors. Okay. A sum of life by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. 
Tell me not in mournful numbers, life is but an empty dream. For the soul is dead that slumbers, and things are not what they seem. Life is real. Life is earnest. I should be yelling this, folks. This should be yelled. So I might wait for the daytime on this. I mean, this poem. I am kind of in the middle of nowhere, but still. This needs to be projected on a, on a stage. I'm literally going to wait until it's daytime, and I'm going to rock that hard. Maybe with a, a bunch of people around. Let's look at the light of stars, really. I mean, that's that poem needs to be jacked up. The light of stars, L Longfellow. Let's see if this is one to end on. The night is come, but not too soon, and sinking silently, all silently, the little moon drops down behind the sky. There is no light in earth or heaven but the cold light of stars, and the first watch of night is given to the red planet Mars. Is it the tender star of love? <laughs> I'm reading from a book. I'm, I, I wear reading glasses now sometimes. I'm just going to grab them. Oh, poor really is getting older. Eyesight's not what it was. Oh, wow, this is awesome. Reading glasses can be really awesome. All right, Red Planet Mars comes out first. Is it the tender star of love? The star of love and dreams? Oh, no. From that blue tent above, a hero's armor gleams. And earnest thoughts within me rise when I behold afar. Suspended in the evening skies, the shield of that red star. O oh, star of strength, I see thee stand and smile upon my pain. Thou beckonest with, with thy mailed hand, and I am strong again. Within my breast there is no light but the cold light of stars. I give the first watch of the night to the red planet Mars. I love repetition in poetry. Thank you, Longfellow. Refrain and repeat it. It's what Mendelssohn does with his great compositions and the greatest artists all repeat, repeat, repeat. So you get it. The star of the unconquered will, he rises in my breast, serene and res resolute and still, and calm and self-possessed. And thou too, whoever, who, whosoever thou art, that readest this brief psalm, as one by Sorry, as one by one thy hopes depart, be resolute and calm. Oh, fear not in a world like this, and thou shalt know ere long. Know how sublime a thing it is to suffer and be strong. Oh, that's the finale, but I, I sure, yeah. I thought I'd like it, and it's a really beautiful poem. It's a little more subtle than some of these than the monster that is a psalm of life. Um, a psalm of life is just a, just, a, just a heavy metal poem. Light of stars is cute and it's nice. It can be read before we say goodnight, which is what I might do at this point. It's been fun. It's been real. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's been real fun. I love y'all. God bless you. And, and choose that, and that's of your own understanding, a higher power that works for you. Uh, G-O-D, I, I defer to that name sometimes, but 
I'll tell you right now, if you didn't know anyone before, I'm a polytheist. I, I've become a polytheist. I got my Bible and my, my direction that way. I pray that way. And I've got no Bible. I've got nature. And I go with the Native American great spirit. It's, that's my highest prayer now. With that, um, I pray earnestly for you. And I ask the great spirit to bless us. I love you. Thanks for uh, checking in. God bless. Bye-bye.